Everybody, I, I hope you guys had a very nice uh, and peaceful Christmas. I did. Merry Thank Christmas. you. Merry Christmas, man. How's your mom doing? Not not good. Every day it's a new uh, symptom, or a, I, I don't know what the word would be. Not a, just even a symptom, just something. Uh, yeah, it's it's becoming a struggle. Uh, a new caregiver, actually unannounced, showed up uh, Wednesday and young girl and i'm not confident she's supposedly going to start on monday tomorrow uh monday through friday um, roughly five hours a day some days it'll be four hours but then she'll make it up on a couple other days uh i don't know uh this did not look promising to me and um you know we shall see that's all i can say i take everything now day by day um, and I already talked to you guys about my brake system going out on my car yesterday. Thankfully, no injuries, no accident. So what I'm going to do later today, since I can bring the car to the mechanic tomorrow, he, I might as well re- repeat it. He's going to be closed till the 4th of January, but um, he's going to try to stop in on Tuesday. So uh, I'm just going to have, uh, you know, my friend stand out in the street because he's really literally on the corner of my street. Uh, just stand out in the middle of the street. So I can, you know, flag me when, there, when there's no cars or stop any cars that are coming so that I can get out. Um, and the problem here is that my street going, leaving my street, I have to go up a hill. Coming down my street, obviously, it's down a hill. So I'm going to have to generate some speed to get up that hill. And, you know, I'm going to be taking this corner at a quick, quick speed. And then immediately I'm going to have to turn into his driveway, basically. So I'm going to have to use the emergency brake. I'll keep the car in low gear. It's always something. Yeah, I've had my brakes go out a couple times on some older cars I've had, man. It is always scary, you know, and you have to kind of, it's actually kind of an interesting almost frame of mind like self-defense where you have to collect yourself and think through, okay, you know, I'm in the middle of this and I got to start reacting to it in a, you know, uh, in an intelligent way, you know, so no one gets hurt. Yeah, well, I never really, I never had my brakes go out. I mean, not to my recollection, but you know, being a hot rodder, you know, I I know I know all about downshifting and all of that. So it was coming home yesterday, going down my driveway or uh, going down my street when I was gaining speed, which is you know, common or instinct for me to go to second and into first gear. Um, it's an automatic, but uh, anyway, yeah, I got uh, contacted by Brian Deneve, and I got some bad news maybe for you joe because he said he hasn't cut his hair since february 
Oh no. Yeah. Right. And I told him, I said, well, you know, you know, Joe Cardinal's going to be really pissed because he's because Brian Deneve's going to be on our show. And, you know, I don't want you to take his looks as a threat to you, Joe. Um, you're still going to be, you know, number one to the, to the, to all of the civilized world. You know that. So don't get upset. Well, there's also the issue of quantity versus quality. And so I think there's, you know, you can't just judge hair by length alone. There's a lot of little finer points to it, you know, that you need to be evaluated on. You know, there's a lot of subtleties, I think, to the art of good hair. Um, just like fighting, you know, you can't, it's not just simply, you can't just be a strong guy and be a great fighter. There's a lot of attributes to both good fighting and good hair. So I think there's a lot to, to evaluate there before we rush to any judgments on Brian's hair quality, even though he got a head start. And I'll give him credit for hanging in there going from February that I definitely flinched. I think, gosh, I think my last haircut was maybe August uh, when everything was kind of opening up there briefly. I kind of you know, freaked out and went and got my hair cut. So, but you know, that's on me. I admit it. I'm here to be open and honest. And, and now I'm recommitted to the cause. It's very important to, uh, you know, if you stumble and fall, whether it's in your training or in your hair care to get back into the game and, and just, you know, learn from your mistakes. Some dedication right there. I'm so, I'm, the, the amount of pride I have in this gentleman right now is just unbelievable. So, you know, I'm sure you're going to do fine, Joe. Totally fine. Thank you. It's it's the confidence that you get from your coach, you know, that drives you forward. Well, guys, keep on talking for a minute here because I'm having a little issue on my end with some software. So let me try – you guys take it up here while I can see if I can fix this. Well, one of the things kind of it's, – it's actually a good segue – unironically talking about my hair is that it's the first time I think in my adult life, at least, you know, I was a kid in the seventies. So my hair was probably pretty long at some point, but um, how much it actually gets in the way of training. Like when I'm out going for runs now, it gets in my eyes and stuff I never had to deal with, you know? So like, I don't even, I never thought about it before, you know, it's either I put on a ball cap or I wash it once a day was my old, you know, my general routine. Uh, but it actually does affect training. And we were kind of, one of the topics we were thinking about getting here was, uh, women's self-defense. And there's a lot of little subtle things that might be different. I mean, self-defense is in a lot of ways, Tony, maybe you'll agree or disagree is human is self-defense, whether you're a man or a woman, some of the fundamentals are all the same, but there are some subtle things that they have to d deal with that are different, whether it's clothes or jewelry or hair, things that might add things that guys don't even have to think about possibly in a physical altercation. Yeah, I would Oh, go ahead, Nico. Yeah, and, and also there's a, I mean, women have a different body composition. Their attributes are much different than a man's. So, yeah, I think it changes things. Yeah, it does. And, and there's a psychological thing at play as well, uh, you know, um, where a woman may, now this is just generally, general, you know, generalizing here, but a woman also has to, uh, you know, deal with the sexual element that may be present. Uh, you know, so that that's that takes on a whole new, um, uh, you know, level. But again, it's it's all about what precipitated things, you know, as far as psychologically. Um, but yeah, generally, uh, I've always kind of felt weird about uh, people who offer women's self-defense classes and showed them, you know, little gimmicks, little tricks that while, you know, that's fine, I guess, in general, but, uh, you know, it's, there's far more to it than that. So, 
you know, it's generally not wise to rely on something like that. It's a, it's something you're not going to learn in a weekend. You know, you, you've got to actually train. And grappling, I think, really, some instructors have just really ripped women off by, you know, kind of almost making them say grappling is a great equalizer when it's absolutely the opposite of that. You know, uh, not only just for a woman, but maybe smaller men, guys who are petite, you know, uh, you, you need to, you know, you, you need to realize that if a person's aggressive, bigger, heavier, stronger, faster, uh, you know, you're going to, you're, you're going to want to try to get out of that situation, you know, and that's my, it's always the first line of, of, uh, approach is can I get out of this situation? You know? Do you recommend though, like if, if a woman was serious and say, Hey, I, I you know, I'm in a situation where I think I could be physically, you know, I'm in an environment where, or actually, and even if they're not in an environment, they just realize that, Hey, I need to be safe. How would you start them any differently training? No, not really. I mean, I would teach them all I'm, psychologically. I would, but physically I would teach them the fundamentals of stance, of footwork, of movement, uh, both from a striking and from a wrestling standpoint, in case you do get, you know, grappled or body locked or some, something like that. Uh, remember here, this is a big thing. Um, you don't know a person's intent, you know, the aggressor's intent. But if there's any sort of sexual intent, you don't want to bring him into that world, you know, by grappling or putting him in a position where you've pretty much, you know, made entryway into something a lot easier. You want to keep the distance. You want to try to keep it on the feet so you can escape. I mean, it even again, it, this just pertains to men as well. I mean, you know, the, the, you you are though at a distinct disadvantage when you have a size and strength, uh, you know, working against you. So you, so my approach for a woman is to really stabilize the situation as best you can, and, and not just rely on a trick like kick him in the groin or gouge his eyes. That's so much easier said than done. And if the person, the aggressor, is on any sort of uh, drugs or alcohol or whatever, I have seen it uh, where their pain tolerance is incredible. You can actually literally kick somebody in the groin, and it really doesn't phase them when they're really flying high, man. Now what? You know, now what is a woman going to do if that's all she was shown? Or not even just a woman, just anybody, a guy but you're focusing on the women here. So I don't want to make this a sexist thing. This goes both ways. What happens if, if, if you, if you do your tricks and then they don't work. So that's why you have, you have to have a larger repertoire of, of things. So I, I honestly believe a woman, the, the main difference in training for me would be, as you mentioned in the beginning of this, the, the wardrobe maybe. Okay. Because they're they're Sometimes they dress differently than we would. And you have to factor that in. But I've always discussed this, that people should train in their street clothes, the clothes that they normally wear. We've talked about this, and I have talked about this and preached this for decades, that if you, if you, you know, in the winter months, if you're wearing jackets, train in a jacket. You know, in the summer, if, you know, if you, whatever it is that you're, if you wear cowboy boots when you go out, Train in your cowboy boots so you know how you're going to react. So that's the key here. That, that's really important. And then train in your environment. 
if if you're a woman or a man that's mainly outdoors, you got to learn how to train and fight outdoors. No, so it's all about uh, awareness and 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 I don't know the exact term I'm looking for right now, but you know, train as you live. You hear that, Joe? You got to train in your cowboy boots. Well, I was just thinking about like, yeah, the problem when I have heels on, you know, the uh, <laughs> the footwork is a lot more difficult. Um, that is a thing for women to think about. I mean, if you're, it is, you know, that it, I can't imagine. Yeah. Being like a lot of their clothes are very restrictive. There's a lot of limited movement that they can do. Um, yeah. So they're kind of already have besides often the, the size and strength disadvantage, a lot of times their clothes and wardrobes, you know, I, I do work out. I try and train with my daughter when she's here. She kind of, uh, indulges me, you know, cause I, I worry about her safety of course. And I want her to have some comfort or confidence you know god forbid something happened but like just yesterday i was like well she has earrings in you know if we're going to work some grappling moves or whatever that could get torn out really easily it's something i don't think about you know um that you know she has to be cognizant of all color uh, just aspects that um you know they, they additional disadvantages that they can put themselves in well a lot of men wear earrings too and you know again that's all and even just regular you know, jewelry, you know, men are, again, male or female, you know, wearing necklaces or bracelets, you know, guys wear it, women wear it, wrist watches, you know, you have to be cognizant that that shit may get destroyed, you know, and it's a, now a necklace should be able to be ripped off, which is a good thing. Okay. Because you don't want to have a collar on that the guy can grab a hold of. Now you can't break it free, you know? So if it's a necklace, you know, and it rips free, that's, I mean, yeah, you're going to lose a necklace probably or get it repaired. But that's a good thing because you do not want handles. That, and and a, one of the major handles is hair, okay? Now, for the last couple decades, you know, a lot of men have been into this bald thing, you know. Uh, but women, you know, they have hair. Guys like you, even me, our hair could be a handle, you know, uh, and people can grab it. And you have to know now how to counter that, how to make that grab work against the opponent so yes there these are things that need to be discussed in the gym and another big thing is fear uh if a woman has never been in a physical encounter especially against a trained man or or another trained woman you know that the panic can set in so they have to learn to spar I mean, not a killing thing here, but, you know, they need to learn to spar so they can kind of get some of that fear dispelled or some of the anxiety that may come from, boy, I wonder what it's like to get hit by a guy, you know, or whatever. So that's, you know, that's another big element that has to be uh, broached. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, just being familiar with and and with physical confrontation, like if they've never been in it, it can be a rude awakening. You know, if you're not prepared for someone to grab you or to hit at you um, for the first time, and that's one of the benefits of training is at least you've been there before. You know, it's not alien territory for you. Yeah. Um, that's exactly it. And, you know, everybody, well, not everybody, but many people get, get the yips. Okay. But, you, you you have to kind of control it. Um, so I remember, let me let me hark back to when I was a kid. Now, we're talking grade school here. So maybe fourth or fifth grade. This is long before I 
started with the, with the wrestling, but we had a snow day or something. And this one kid, he was a couple of years older than me, uh, Frankie, he came over the house, which was rare because, but he happened to live not far from me, same kind of neighborhood, um, maybe four streets away. Well, he shows up with his father, which was a shock. Okay. Mr. Mercury's here. So, uh, as it turned out, his dad had some martial arts training and decided he was going to teach us or show me, because Frankie had already been training, some moves, which was really cool. But Segway, you know, several months, I don't recall how long now, um, he got almost carjacked. Now, this is back in his 70s. Now, carjacking's happening pretty prominently now in Chicago, but this has been around forever. And um, he ended up I don't know, breaking his forearm or something, but he, he defended himself and his car started to roll, roll away. And he ran, ran after his car and got in it. And he said, um, he got a few more blocks in his car. And then that's when his legs and his hands started shaking like this. So his training, and he was always like mysterious about it. I think it was a Kempo thing. I don't, uh, you know, style. I'm not sure. I never did find out, but uh, his training delayed his adrenaline dump delayed all of that nervousness which is good because if, if he would have started trembling and all of that during the assault yeah may have had a different outcome so that's a big thing in training is if you feel the yips coming okay you know okay i'm gonna have to deal with this but let me postpone the yips for a while if you don't know if you've never experienced it you don't know what this emotion is it's coming over you and it could be a shock and um yeah it's you know there's so much that goes on beyond just technique. It's, it's so much psychological that, you know, and I mean, I wonder even if psychologists or counselors even know about this because I'm sure it's not, you know, in all the studies that I did, there was, this was never addressed, you know, dealing with, with this um, kind of deal. Uh, but again, I'm not a, you know, a doctor, so maybe, maybe they did study this somewhere, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, you, you have to process a lot of stuff quickly. It's probably more similar to sports psychology than just a regular, you know, counseling. Yeah, it could be, you know, I, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, myself and the people in my neighborhood, you know, that weren't fighters, you know, the old timers, whatever. It's just, we just learned by osmosis. You know, we, we were subjected to this kind of like a mil. It was the same, like a military thing. You know, when you, when you're trained, you know, like drafted for a war, world war two, world war one, Korea, whatever, Vietnam and all that, you know, they didn't give you psychological things. You know, your cat, you're just thrust in it and you, you, you start to adapt to it. You know, it's the way it is. So, um, it's yeah it's just uh but women have to realize no matter what in my opinion uh you're you're looking for an escape more than a finish okay that would probably be like the biggest thing whereas a guy you know i want him to take this opponent the aggressor out if possible but you you almost have to approach a woman's training or a smaller man's training against a larger person like you would a multi assailant thing where again, the, the priority here is escape, you know, try to try to get out without being harmed. And um, yeah, it's just, man. Yeah. It's just, a, 
it's a situation that's oh, one that I hope you know doesn't have to you know, people don't have to encounter. But I have trained some women, and uh, they a couple times have reported to me that they've actually had to use my stuff. And one called me up in hysterics, and I thought, oh my god, what happened to her? But she was excited. She was happy. She was so excited that she was able to do something to this guy at work who, who kept harassing her at work, sexually harassing her, not molesting her, but, you know, verbal. And, you know, he got cute after, you know, and she cranked his arm and that was the end of that, you know, and he never harassed her anymore. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, there are no shortcuts. If there's women out here listening or if there's men out here that have women involved in this, you can relate. There's no shortcuts. Tricks are fine. <clears throat> rips and groin strikes, but as we discussed a few episodes ago, they're not to be used in replacement of actual striking or wrestling techniques. They're part of it. It's an augmentation. Um, So a woman has to learn, or a smaller man has to learn everything. Got to start them at ground, ground zero. I think, I think that's a really important point is that, the number one priority to the training of women's self-defense should be escape, not not have a false sense of confidence, you know, thinking they can defeat anybody. But escape should be number one priority, and that, I think that's a that's a really good point. Well, thanks, but it's yeah, and you know, you should run through scenarios. Um, like, all right, here's a couple of things. Number one, when everybody uses Google Maps, pretty much, right? Uh, or some sort of mapping software. This goes not just for women, but this goes for anyone. But a woman, let's say, may carry her purse, her phone in her purse, let's say, whereas a guy will probably have it on him. So never put your home address as your home. Like in, in Google Maps, you know, you have your home and you put your, you know, you can put your address in. Don't do that. There's no reason to do that. Um, put something in a few blocks away like a landmark, let's say it's, you know, the, the corner gas station, because you, sh- you know, you know how to get from your house to the gas station. So start all your, your searches, your directions from there. So if somebody does grab your phone, it's, you know, they're not going to know where you're at. They're not going to know exactly where you live. So that's a little piece of safety. Number two, you need to practice speed dialing. I mean, believe it or not, you do, especially in a panic situation. You got to know how to hit that speed dial if you're a person who's in trouble, uh, and and have pertinent numbers saved. Nine one one. Obviously, everybody thinks call nine one one, but many areas do not have uh, enhanced nine one one. And you're going to get an operator on the phone who's going to want to know all these details. Where are you? Da 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 da. And that could be not possible to give. Um, you know during you know, when, when something like that is happening. So just remember that. Um, I'm not saying don't have that in your, in your phone. Of course you should, but that, you know, and that should be in speed dial, but you know, don't, don't rely on anything like that. And uh, you know, another good idea is to have a a voice recorder on your screen, home screen or something that you can immediately hit, you know, you can hit all of that when you see trouble starting, I mean, obviously when it's already happened, it may be too late for this. So you can record any sort of audio, you know, and he's not going to know it. And if you can get as much information or just maybe even his voice, anything that could be used later to process this and perhaps 
you know, catch the guy um, or, or girl, whoever it is that's the assaulty or the assault or whatever. What are your uh, thoughts on weapons? So, um, you know, I've seen, you know, obviously like there's mace or different kind of keychains that people can carry um, to kind of augment their defense. Better be good at it. Because especially if you're going against somebody who can outpower or overpower you, you don't want that weapon turned on you. And so this is something that has to be practiced. Uh, so I'm not opposed to anything. I'm, you know, I mean, there's pros and cons to things, you know, mace and all this other stuff. <clears throat> but the, the bottom line is you need to be very familiar with these tools. Very familiar. You know, you need to practice them. Practice, practice, practice. Uh, you know, quick drawing, being able to get to the mace, being able to make sure you don't, you know, in a panic, aim it improperly, okay? Uh, know ex instinctively how to use it. Um, and, and don't be flashy. Like, if you have those keys wrapped around your hand, you know, sticking out or something, just, you know, like as part of every day, you know, this is how you walk to your car. Someone who may try to mug you or, or, or rob you or whatever the word you want to use, they may see this. And, and that doesn't mean that they're not going to get you now, but they're going to be cognizant of what to avoid on you and, and maybe do a different approach. So subtlety is the key here. You know, uh, and if you're one of these concealed carry people or in certain, you know, because around here there's no open carry. If you're one of these concealed carry uh, permit people, Again, you, you better be able to get to your weapon and you better be able to fire appropriately and not miss or not hit somebody else or something else. It, you know, it just all comes down to practice, practice, practice. It, it's just, I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, maybe maybe one of these days I'm going to get my mom on the podcast because she's got some stories of basically women's self-defense scenarios uh, I know one of the stories she was telling me was where she grew up in Cicero. The house was on Austin Avenue and there was a, a viaduct around 27th in Austin. And her and my aunt, they were probably like 13. were walking down about to get into the viaduct. It's a real sketchy looking viaduct. It's like real dim. A lot of graffiti all over the place. And um, they seen a guy approaching the opposite end, walking into the viaduct. And they both just got this really bad gut feeling. And um, there's like pillars everywhere down this, this viaduct. And it's probably 100 feet long. And they're walking and they see the guy walking the opposite way. All of a sudden, the guy's gone. They didn't see him and they're continuing walking and they just both felt like something bad was going to happen. And apparently he hid behind one of the pillars. And um, when they got close to him, he came after him and he had a, a big knife and he was probably planning on just killing him. I don't know. He was a maniac, but um, they managed to run faster than him. They, they booked it and they got to the corner. There was like a little hot dog place and they ran in there and uh, called the cops. He just barely missed him. It was a close call. 
but I mean, they just, they were really quick. Um, but about, I think within the same month, her friend was walking down the same viaduct, going to school. And um, this guy, I don't know if it was the same guy, probably was, but the same thing happened to her. She was walking and a guy jumped out from behind the pillars and grabbed her. And um, she was fighting him and she actually had a chain that she used to walk her dog in her pocket. And she pulled that out and was just whipping the guy with it and actually managed to free herself and, and run off. But I think that's, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing to have on you, but it definitely saved her life. Yeah, you know, the thing is, every you know, in hindsight, you know, you could say this, that, whatever, but there are circumstances and situations where you're just not going to have that kind of stuff on you. Um, you know, where you, depending on where you're going, you know, uh, you could be, it could be a dress-up situation or you could be even heading to court where you can't bring that stuff in and, you know, you leave it in your car. Um, you know, think about this. You know, there's, there's so many scenarios, you know, you can't really cover them all like that. But, you're, you know, thankfully your mom and, and, and her sister got out and escaped and the other girl did well as well. But sadly, too many times we hear that, you know, they don't escape. And, um, yeah, the, running to the hot dog stand, yeah. See, that's another thing. You have to have – we, we talked about awareness before, about knowing your routes, where you're driving, where you're walking, where you're going, and knowing every everything um, along the way. And you you have to try to find safe havens, okay? Start becoming friends or, – or not friends, but friendly to, to people along your route, you know, if you, if you walk a lot. And you see people outside. Start talking to them. You know, get get the get a rapport going, so that you know that if something does happen, you can make it to their house because their house may be quicker or closer than your house or wherever it is that your destination is. Uh, you know, and and while we cannot count on anyone coming to our aid, it 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 can't hurt to to have these allies or at least uh, suspected allies on, a, you know, in your, in your, in your scenarios. So uh, yeah, escaping, you know, that's always should be priority. It really should just, just try to get out and your mom did the right thing by running away. Thankfully the guy couldn't catch her. You know, that story too. I think it's, it's a little bit of a cliche, but I think it's cliche because it's true, but like, man, trust your gut. If you have some intuition that something's not right, you got a vibe, you know, you're, cause your brain is processing things sometimes that you may not even realize you might, it might've seen something or, you know, it, just whatever your brain's putting things together and telling you something. And, um, you know, once you get that feeling like, ah, I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a dangerous situation here. You know, you, I think, start to make a cognizant plan, like deliberate plan, like in the case of that chain she had in her pocket. I mean, she might've been surprised in that second altercation, but generally like, Hey, what can I improvise if I need to hit somebody with something or stab somebody? What, what is within my reach or how do I get the hell out of here? Maybe do I need to go straight ahead and alter my path? You know? Um, but I think give that, that feeling, uh, give it credit and priority. Don't take, you know, don't dismiss it, I guess, as often. And I agree with that. Yeah, that's, you know, normally, as long as you don't do anything that can't be undone, if your gut is telling you get out of there, that's great. 
you know, um, and people, a lot, a lot of times people will say, you know, well, watch out for like, um, Nico mentioned sketchy, sketchy areas. And that's, via, that, you know, that's, you know, very true, but it can also, you know, abductions or, you know, things like this scenarios can literally happen anywhere, you know, even, you know, in the safest or nicest places. Uh, yeah. So it's, you don't want to start living in an area, a mind of paranoia, but you just, you just have to know in the back of your head, you know, that bad things can happen at, at any point in time, you know, and you just have to train yourself to react appropriately. And that's where a good, you know, a good coach comes in uh, first and foremost, and you have to have the dedication and the desire. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to practice six hours a day, Absolutely not. But you do have to practice, put in X amount of time to get this all in your head and then refresh yourself all the time. Once a month, once a week, just do just run through scenarios in your mind or like I say, physically practice with these with these weapons that you're going to be carrying these improvised weapons. What what strikes, so is there any difference as far as striking, or do you still kind of agree with the kind of, you know, elbows, knees, head butts, that kind of thinking? Are those kind of things that they should be comfortable with? Yeah, absolutely. And just remember, again, there's guys who can't hit hard, okay? There's guys that are not going to knock you out, okay? They don't have the power, you know, and I think this has to be impressed upon women as well. So they don't naturally think that they're, you know, on a, you know, they're, they're alone in the world like this. Oh, you know, every guy can hit harder than me. That's not the case always, you know. I mean, so that this has to be impressed upon them. So I, I think it's kind of, I mean, I don't know how a man would think about it, but I do think it's, it's, it's good to have a co-ed class. And not guys built like us, but, you know, have guys in there that are smaller or, you know, frail or maybe even, you know, really heavy set where they gas out and stuff. So, you know it's it's a it's like a hive mindset everybody in there can see all these different body types all these different scenarios and how everyone has one common denominator here and that is we have some sort of weakness or weaknesses and they get exposed and let's see how we all overcome that uh handicap on the grappling aspect of it do you obviously like we talk about escape in general, but specifically like takedown defense, do you think is a good area to uh, focus on and kind of things like hip heists and things to get up from underneath someone? Hip heists. Absolutely. Hip heists are the single most important thing on the ground, no matter what, no matter what scenario sport, you know, anything. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, again, if there's a vast weight difference, you know, you, I mean, just watch NFL football. Okay, that's all you have to do is watch football. You see these big linemen. They're they're big because they're hard to move. They may not necessarily even be the strongest men in the world by any means, but you know, when you're 300 plus and you're going up against 220 pounder, it's physics, okay? So we see most people that follow martial arts or even sport, boxing, I mean UFC, MMA or whatever boxing, wrestling, what, what you have weight class, you know, it's the same size people roughly. Okay. 
it's not like the old days in UFC where it was all different weights. So you you start to think, well, I'll learn how to sprawl. You know, I can stop my opponent. Well, bear in mind, these are people who are the same size as you, roughly. You know, it's it's hard to sprawl if if I'm 220 pounds, and I'm trying to take down a guy or a woman who's 115 pounds. It's going to be hard for them to stop that shot. Okay, just because of my size and my ability. So this is something that has to be, you know, you got to bear this in mind. And I think a lot of people tend to forget this, this stuff. So that's, again, why you can't rely on just one thing. Yes, you, know, you have to know how to sprawl. All of these are fundamentals. These are things that must be mastered. But you got to go along that chain. You know, um, the next thing is, use if you're small, use your quickness. You know, don't go flat on your back. Oh, God, that's my pet peeve. You know, go land on your side, land on your hip, land on your side. So you can already start your escape. So you're already halfway there or whatever to your hip highs. You know, don't get pinned flat on your back because now, man, especially when you're outweighed, it's, it's, it's a mother to get out. You know, it's just, it's tough. There was another story that my mom told me about, um, she was with my grandma and at the time they were young and my grandma was, you know, somewhat young and attractive and um, they were walking in, in a really rough neighborhood going to um, a doctor's appointment. And um, this huge guy came from behind, probably at least six foot five, big guy, grabbed my, my grandma in a bear hug and was trying to basically kidnap her. And my grandma was just a really tough lady and she wasn't having it. She was an athlete as well. And she broke, broke loose and, the guy resorted to just holding on to her purse and she wasn't having that either. And they were basically fighting like the tug of war until the thing snapped and he actually got it and took off running. But I think a bear hug defense would be um, something a woman should know just based upon that story. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot that people need to know that, I, you know, that's the key. You know, it's, it's not a week harking back it's not something you're going to learn in a day or a weekend you know there's so much that you have to rely on to to know uh and practice these scenarios and you can never practice all scenarios because there's going to be variations but once you have the principles down um you're going to be fine with a lot of stuff you know you're going to be able to i gotta lower this a little bit you're going to be able to deal with with all of you know anything that's thrown at you it's not going to be that you know you know you're going to be in um what's the word, you know, familiar territory. So like, once again, I've mentioned this, it's like a conversation. It's like learning a new language. I don't know what you guys are going to say. I have no idea what's going to come out of your mouth, but my vocabulary and your vocabulary is good enough that we can respond, you know, and that's how your, your fighting has to be. You have to have a big enough vocabulary, so to speak, to be able to deal with these scenarios as they come. Uh, I think that's missing in the vast majority of training. Uh, you know, it, it, you have to learn how to improvise you just as we speak. Speaking is improvisation. Okay. Some people are better at it than others. Um, but fighting definitely, you have to improvise because things are going to happen that you, you know, you, you've never probably planned for. And you have to use your, your critical thinking skills and, they have to be quick. You're not going to have 10 minutes to figure this out. 
so I would say you have to have a complete different approach to training. And, and once again, it's a shame with the way the things have happened, you know, that in, in the world with the, the COVID and even before that, you know, what, what else with me losing the gym and all of that jazz, because it would have been perfect for me to, uh, you know, uh, do a program like this, a continuing program, not just like a weekend thing, but, you know, a complete program of, I mean, totally different concept and approach on training. That's what needs to be done. If people are, you know, maybe not local where they could train here, um, what attributes we should like if a woman's looking for a school to train in, so they can't come here necessarily? What? Well, well, I have the distance program thing, <clears throat> distance learning, because I can't, re- I, I don't, re- I won't recommend somebody else that I don't know. I won't say, hey, go down to your local YMCA or something like that, or wherever your local you know, martial arts school, I can't do that. Uh, that's almost like saying, get away from me. You're bothering me. Um, you know, if, if, if they're that concerned, they need to reach out to me and we can make arrangements on distance learning because as it stands now, there's going to be a lot of that. Even if you live in the same town, you're going to have zoom type of, uh, uh, of training or Skype or whatever you want to call it, you know, this kind of remote learning and people look at it. People are remotely working from the, from the home. You can get this done. And in many times, many, many cases, it's better this way to learn from your, you know, from in your own home, especially if you have uh, maybe a, a, in the case of a woman, like a, a friend, a lady friend, or, or even a guy, it doesn't matter, but you know, as, as to work out with you. Okay. Uh, it's better than nothing. And you can, again, do it in the, in the, in the privacy of your own home. Uh, just clear out a little bit of space. You don't need as much space as you think, because again, in a real life scenario, you're not going to have a hell of a lot of space unless you're doing this out in the field or somewhere like that. You know, you're going to be confined. Um, but in the beginning, clear out some space. So you're not damaging stuff until you can, you know, work the fundamentals. And it's a small price to pay for your, for your health and, and benefit, health and welfare. I believe. So, Tony, do you think the exercises for a woman should basically be the same as for anyone, right? Yes. I mean, you know, we're all humans. You know, we all have. Yeah, I I, I believe so. Uh, you know, we're talking generally here. Gen, you know, we're not talking about specific exercises that I may say you need, you know, because you you lack in a certain area or whatever it may be. I'm yeah. Generally, the women should train the same way. Um, ge- again, generally. Now we can get specific, but then with that, it, it would be each and every, each person. I would have to uh, uh, interview or critique and assess uh, separately, because that's like what I do with the Tri C program. Everybody trains; they're at a different level or not level. They're at a different. They're on a different path because everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. But at a I, certain point, it has to be individualized is what you're saying. Right? Down the line, it will be, yes. But in the beginning, there's, there's, there's commonality here. There's, there's things that everybody needs to do. And that's pretty simple. Uh, I could have 10, 15 people right now, 20 people, 30 people on a Zoom training them, telling them exactly what exercises they should do because that's no problem. 
But then later on, you know, if I see something, you know, in one person that either needs to be altered or removed or enhanced in one way or the other, then I, then I have to deal with that in, in individual, you know, uh, one-on-one. And that takes time, if, especially if there's 30 people and all 30 people, you know, have to have something specific. Um, that becomes the challenge, you know, not, not, not necessarily a challenge mentally for me or, or, you know, figuring things out. That's easy. It's time. How do I, how do we factor in the time here to do this? You know, that, that's, that's the issue. And that's the issue in any school. Okay. I mean, you can't, even if you have a martial arts school, you know, you got 30 students going at one time or 20, whatever the number is, you know, it's, you, you can't give each person an hour of your time at every class. That would be 20 hours. I mean, you get my point. It, It becomes a numbers game. So, that's why I tell people that if you if you were really interested in training with, with me, you got to jump on it right now and, and get to the head of the queue, so to speak. So, you know, I can give you the time and the, 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 the uh, you know, I can give you the time and the effort here, and then you can have a bunch of material to work on. But if there's 75 people at one time, you're going to get lost in the crowd. I think women's fitness has been changing over the years. I mean, back in the day too, women were kind of more cardio or like yoga based, but I, 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 the good thing is I think a lot of women are starting to get resistance training and strength training mixed in there too. I think uh, some of that cross training that will help them and, you know, and being able to defend themselves because you really need to be well-rounded, but it used to be that certain types of training were considered only male in general. And I, and I see that, changed in our culture which i think is a good thing yeah there's a lot of stereotypes you know um yeah but there's there's nothing wrong with yoga or any of that other stuff i think that all has to be employed with this okay um and i we've talked about this again too just recently i remember talking about yoga on here and how you know that would be great i always wanted to do yoga myself i have not um but yeah uh it's a commitment Okay, it it is a it, it is not something that you can do one hour a week, and think that you're going to make any kind of headway. Oh, you may, you may be opening up your pocketbook and paying your instructor, and you may go up the belt ranks, but in the scheme of life, can you imagine going to school for one hour only a week, not doing any homework, not doing anything, just showing up one hour a week? or or anything any kind of training i mean you know you're not going to get far so anyone who wants to embark on this has to realize they need to put in the time and effort and i i normally like to give a a three-year uh synopsis here you know look you're looking at let's look let's look at three years to get competent now, that won't mean necessarily world-class. It might mean it. It depends on you and your, your previous experiences. But if you give three years to something, you know, and you really dedicate it, and you can find the time, you know, it's not 10 hours a day that you need to do it. Um, but if you put yourself on this program, this regimen, with the right coaching and the right inspiration, you, you can make tremendous strides. It would be un- unbelievable. 
So, Tony, would you take the same approach to self-defense for a woman? Like, because uh, so, your approach is you should learn how to wrestle, you know, before you learn all these gimmicks and stuff. Do you think a woman should have the same approach? Yes. Also some boxing too, right? I mean, at least yes. some defense. Yeah. Yes, typically. all of it. Not just wrestling only. All of it. I believe that they, everyone, needs these fundamentals everyone uh if you're a competitor want to be a competitor or something it don't matter i i do not make a distinction between male female young old i am a firm and i'll go to my grave knowing that you have to master the fundamentals you have to and i see guys that don't have the fundamentals and you, there, it's a time bomb ready, ready to go off because if somebody can capitalize on that, you know, uh, you're doomed. <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to expose you. We covered a lot for women's self-defense. Are there any, like, last-minute thoughts or advice or anything? Or Mentally prepare. You know, don't expect help, but, you know, reach out for it, but don't bank on it. Situational awareness, which is something that I did cover in a seminar in the past when I used to do seminars years ago um, at different corporations, um, learning how to, you know, we, 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 uh, when, I, when I talked about a month or two ago about uh, walking into your own room of your house, spending a, just a short period of time leaving the room and trying to memorize or verbalize or writing out everything that you saw in that room, you know, learning to, you know, uh, you know, just learning to be observant, okay? That is so important. And you brought up the point of your instinct, you know, work with your instinct. If something's telling you this is a bad scenario, now in the end it may or may not be. You don't know, but it better safe than sorry. And, uh, you know, just total preparation. The worst thing that you can do is be caught un unprepared. Uh, and, and you know, that's worse than being caught off guard. You know, off guard just means you you had a momentary lapse. But being unprepared means you you have no hope here. Okay, you you, you it's too late. You have to go back to the drawing board. So don't get yourself worked up if you were caught off guard, so to speak. It's being unprepared that will be a you know a source of doom. You know, a couple other things just popped in my mind while we were talking is that. A lot of times women's attackers are people they know or are familiar with too, that they need to, you know, there's certain so social circumstances where they need to be, unfortunately, a lot of times more than men, they have to be on their guard. So, um, you know, it might be at a party or a bar where a guy will try to get you isolated, you know, um, you know, he may, you may know him as an acquaintance, but um, he may have, a you know, you know, sexual predator tendencies where he, the way he, you know, he has a modus operandi of getting people separated and things like watching your drinks too. I mean, people slip things into your drinks. Uh, I've even had guys who've been at parties who've, you know, they've been jumped after other people have slipped things into their drinks and things like that. So uh, those are just other little tips and things to, you know, strategically be aware of um, that, that could be happening when even people let their guard down. I think when they're in familiar territory, well, it's like the neighborhood bar or like a party with friends, but it's unfortunately you could be at risk there as well. Yeah. I know someone that that happened to, uh, yeah, you can't, 
yeah, it, uh, you have to get to know someone. You have to have a sense of security. But, you know, even that's not enough. Look look at how many people are in, in, in battered, battered relationships, okay? You got to know someone enough to date them or marry them even or whatever, and things happen. Uh, again, you have to watch the red flags. You know, you not there's not always red flags either, okay? Sometimes there isn't. But, you know, you have to... Uh, you know, just be aware. And I hate to say this because this sounds defeatist, but sometimes we all get in, into a position where uh, you, the outcome here is not going to be good. So you have to have a, a plan for, for post uh, recovery. And, you know, you have to be firmly committed in your mind that if something bad does happen, you know, will you take the steps afterwards? to, uh, you know, go after the guy, you know, legally or whatever the case may be. Some people don't want to do that. Um, and, and, you know, you have to be, you have to be prepared for, for all of that. Uh, and, and that's where, you know, you can, you know, maybe talk to a lawyer before all this happens or talk to a police officer, you know, talk to, you know, um, you know, go up to a, uh, you know, take, it's worth taking the day off of work if you have to, and, you know, See if you can schedule an appointment to talk to to the local DA, you know, and say, hey, you know, in the worst case, something like this would happen to me or I'd get assaulted or, you know, this or that. You know, what are my legal recourses? What are my options here? And, you know, if, if you live in a major city or, or not even a major city, but, you know, a city that's happening, you know, they probably already have something prepared. You know, they can give you paperwork, a handout for you so you can read, you know, and and the knowledge is going to work in your benefit. Because the worst thing you need to do is, is to be alone, so to speak, and not know what to do. You know, oh, my God, something happened. What am I going to do? Again, this all comes down to being prepared. You have to be prepared for everything, you know, before the incident happens, while it happens, and then after it's happened. You, you just that, – that's just the biggest thing that I could tell, that you know, everybody. You know, just be prepared. <clears throat> One of the first things that I do when I move – is I always find a car, an auto mechanic, believe it or not, I do, okay, because the worst thing is, you know, when your car breaks down because you're so dependent on a vehicle, and now what, you know? So you, you want to find a, a, good, a good mechanic or a technician, as they're actually called nowadays, you know, one that you can depend on and one that you can get a relationship going with, you know, one that maybe will help you out financially, you know, like, hey, can I make payments, things like that. You know, um, everything in life is about getting prepared. At least that's, that's how I look at things, you know, and take it for me now where I, where I was unprepared was, you know, with the situation with my mother, I was totally unprepared for an Alzheimer thing, totally unprepared for it. Okay. And, um, you know, it's staggering. You're in the middle of it and, you know, so don't, you know, don't blow this off. Don't wait until trouble starts. You have all the time right now, everybody to start studying um, excuse me, and I don't mean like even techniques, but study some of the stuff I told you about, like looking into, you know, talking to the DA or the police or this or that. I start doing some research on, uh, you know, learning, learning how to get your body where it needs to be and learning how to get your mind where it needs to be. That you can do right now. Yeah, the numbers are sobering too. I was just saying, I don't remember, I don't have the specifics, but it was something like one in four women in their lifetime are assaulted uh, to various degrees. Uh, and again, I'm just kind of 
ballparking it, but I remember hearing something that, and a lot of them don't say anything afterwards or, you know, they're, you know, they're, and you know, they're, whether it's shame or, or fear of retribution, it's, you know, so we really don't know the true statistics, but kind of, and it goes back to what we talk about is mentally rehearsing and, and visualizing and try and embrace yourself. You know, what can I do in being ready for after it happens? Cause a lot of times if you're not thinking about it, it's, you know, the shock is twice as worse. Well, I would think the numbers, if that's the case, one in four, I would think that for men, it's even more uh, because it just seems more uh, acceptable in a way for guys to get into it, you know, to make, make it verbal, nasty verbal or physical. So I, I don't think it's gender specific. I think it's every human being needs to, to go through this, this training, you know, this preparedness, you know, this is part of life. Just as, you know, just as paying your bills is or whatever, you know. Um, so my whole point is I don't want anyone, be it a woman or be it a, a small guy or a morbidly obese guy, to think they're um, the only person like this that's suffering. <clears throat> We're all in this together. That this is a joint thing. And we all have gone through this. And... <clears throat> Who knows what I would look like and, and, and feel like if I never learned how to fight, if I never had that inspiration to stay strong and physically fit. Or we don't, I, could, I could still be a scrawny little kid or I could have blown up and <clears throat> weigh 300 pounds myself. I don't know. But somewhere along the way, it, got, you know, it, it hit home that I need to be you know, physically fit, strong, tough, and it wasn't just temporarily. It wasn't just to get through the bully in eighth grade or the bully in high school. It was so no one bullies me for the rest of my life. And that's what everyone else has to you know, get some sort of motivator in their life. Something that's going to kick it into high gear and say, hey, okay, I have to do this. Okay, it's not a temporary thing. I don't want to lose 20 pounds per se, right? Now, I want to be thin forever. Or I want to be at a certain weight forever. I want to learn how to fight so it lasts forever. This is forever stuff, guys. This is about forever. It's not a temporary thing. Yeah, go, <clears throat> going back to something you said before, Joe, um, when I had to take the, um, the USA, get the USA wrestling card, I had to take the test. And a segment of that test was geared towards sexual predators, basically, and how to, you know, what are the signs to look out for and stuff. And, and they did say, and I don't remember this, the statistic, but, it, it was a majority of, you know, those incidents happen um, to someone through someone that they know or is close to them. And there was a, a segment about how the sexual predator will seek to gain the trust of, you know, the, the victim and also the victim's family. And, and uh, they called it grooming the victim. And basically they, they kind of infiltrate you know, it's like a longer term infiltration to where the family gets to where he's, you know, almost like a part of the family and or it could be a family member, you know, but the the parents and everyone has total trust for the person by the time the incident even happens. And there was a lot of red flags. I don't remember most oh, a lot of the tests, but there was a lot of red flags they were showing to look out for. And it's kind of disturbing that it even had to be a part of that test because it so prevalent i guess in the world of sports but um yeah i think that's another thing people have to watch out for 
people that they would think is trustworthy, even their coaches and, you know, other people, family members. Um, nobody can be counted out. Nobody could be given full and total trust. And, uh, you know, young, I think young women or even men shouldn't, shouldn't be in, this, in that situation where they're alone with another adult, you know. I got to well, say, this is possibly the darkest Christmas episode of any podcast I can think of. Well, yeah, I mean, but look, on the bright side, it's this, you know, it, even when you're a sportsman of any, of any sport, when you, especially when you're starting out, you don't train or practice specifically for one person, okay? You're there to learn the, the techniques of that given uh, event that you're participating in, so it'll aid you in com- competing against others. And that's how it is with this. Yes, everything Nico said is true. Everyone can potentially be a predator, let's say. So you can't prepare for each individual human being. You have to prepare for you, yourself. So no matter who this person is, you're already prepared, okay? Just like shooting pool. I've played pool with thousands of people in my lifetime. I don't even remember their names. I don't know. Sometimes I never knew their names, okay? I didn't train specifically to beat that person because I don't know that person. So that's what you have to focus on. You cannot start worrying about this guy, that guy, that person, blah, blah, blah. Worry about yourself. Get in shape. Learn the techniques. And, again, be prepared for anyone. And you better believe, Joe, or Nico is correct in in that there are people out there um, that they they look for victims, quote, unquote. You know, they look – and you don't have to be a wimp. I mean, look at all the, the, the shit that's going down with Ohio State and their wrestling program and all the wrestlers that were molested. Uh, this is, you know, this can happen anywhere, okay? Um, so you just have to be of the mindset that I am going to do what I need to do to be as, you know, as, as sound as I possibly can. And it, and, it, and it starts by making that decision to do it. You know, before you even talk about who can train me, who can give me all this info, you have to want it. Otherwise, it's just going to be a passing fancy and you're going to get sick and tired of it. Yeah, you triggered some memories for me there, Nico, with the that gymnastics doctor, the USA gymnastics guy. I mean, yes, hundreds of, yeah. I mean, and, and it's exactly what you described. I mean, uh, the way, because I heard testimonies from these girls, you know, I saw some on the news and the way the family would embrace this guy and he would, you know, ingratiate himself to it. And that's another thing that like, you know, it's true. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of gender neutral, but a lot of times women, you know, being at the home front and, and being the moms they've not only got to worry about defending themselves, but they got to keep an eye out for their kids too. That's a whole other level. You know, like they, we've got, I mean, both parents obviously have to be involved in keeping an eye out for that kind of stuff because I mean, whether it's, you know, like you had to do it for USA wrestling, but I mean, look at the boy scouts or the Catholic church. I mean, we're kind of changing subjects here from purely, but just, I mean, anywhere where people can be involved with kids or even older kids, there's going to be a percentage of those people who are going to exploit that situation. You know, and that's, it's, it's like kind of Tony's saying, it's just, it's a, it's an unfortunate part of life, but it's reality, you know, and you can't, um, you have to kind of be honest about it and be 
you know, uh, I don't think it's too cynical to be, to be aware of it and always be paying attention. Even like I said, whether it's like your church or your scouts or whatever you're doing school. Yeah. I mean, and it's a scary thing. I mean, I think, I think most of us, you know, I know we're all parents here. It's, it's, it's a terrifying thing, a prospect that your kids are going to be in that, but it's, you have to stay in your game and stay aware of that constantly. I mean, you may not want to, might not have the motivation. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have the motivation for themselves, but definitely for other family members, that might be another motivation to, to be involved and get training. You know, I mean, so obviously there's physical skills, but there's also just um, kind of awareness and paying attention to people and reading them and, and not letting your kids get into situations where they're at risk. Um, it's tough. There's a lot to, to a lot to where you're exposed and need to uh, be paying attention. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, again, it's like illness. There's how many, how many illnesses are there? You know, I mean, countless and you can't, you know, focus on one specific illness that you're concerned about. Right. Cause anything can happen to you. So you have to try to just, Accept that yes, there's illness. Yes, eventually we're you know we're going to die here, but you throughout all of this chaos and everything we're talking about today sounds so like you said gloom and doom, but you you have to eke out a, an enjoyable life. Okay, you can't let it all overwhelm you. It has to all be out on the periphery there, knowing that it's there, knowing that it's potential, but you you still have to manage to have a great quality of life. And I think every step that you take to inoculate yourself from these crises is going to add to your quality of life because you're doing the right things. You're, you're not hoping, you're not relying on potluck, you know, boy, I hope, I, I hope this doesn't happen to me. No, you're taking steps to be prepared so that, you know, um, you can minimize any of the results that if it does happen to you, okay, it's not going to be devastating. Like I mentioned earlier, I never had a pre- preparation for Alzheimer's, but I had enough preparation in general to not fall to pieces here. You know, I'm keeping this 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 show on the you know, I'm keeping it going here in in, in this house. Okay, I'm dealing, I'm I'm doing what I have to do, um, and yes, I'm getting help now here, there, whatever. I, I'm reaching out, I'm doing what has to be done, and and so I don't want anybody listening or watching this to think what we're saying is like, oh man, it's so overwhelming. No if if what we're saying is going to be the catalyst to motivate you to start augmenting or beginning your training, then that's great. And that's all we need to do is just get you started on the path. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how, you know, you start working on some, you know, you get a couple dozen skills, fundamental skills under your belt, how you start to feel more confident. You know, it, it's like, it's not an overnight thing, but you put a few months in and you start working and all of a sudden the, the, you start connecting the dots on how to be safe, you know, and how to move your body. And it, uh, like I said, it's not a weekend kind of thing, but you do start to, you know, put the pieces together and feel a lot better. So, I mean, there is a positive message here is that you can be proactive about this and you can make progress, even if you're not, you know, a, a tough guy or, uh, you know, a spectacular athlete. There's universal skills and knowledge that we can all have you know, as human beings that can make you safer and just feel better about going through your day-to-day life. Well, speaking of phenomenal athletes, you know, again, let's, let's talk about football momentarily. Look at these, some of these guys and unfortunately they get injured and every week there's injuries. Okay. So everybody can get hurt. So I don't say this to minimize what they're going through. I never want to see an athlete get hurt. 
I'm saying this to the people out there who are not athletic, that even guys, you know, super athletes can go down. Okay. It's part of the territory. And also realize that if, if they can get injured, you could be the one that can injure them. You with the proper training can have the ability. Nobody's impervious is what I'm getting to. Okay. There, everyone has their Achilles heel that you can get to. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, you just, you just have to focus and, you know, and, and, and go forward. You know, it's all we can do. So, you know, I'm doing things the last month behind the scenes, you know, with getting cameras and software set up and, and all this jazz so that I can um, give a better teaching experience to some. And, and some of this stuff was all new to me. We've discussed this before, and it's overwhelming, and I could easily said I quit. But I've been putting in hour after hour on this stuff just to get it done. And, and now things that were daunting a month ago aren't daunting anymore. Okay? They're like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. I got it now. So the same will happen to anyone out there who, who wants to really start training. Yes, it's going to be hard for the first month or so, maybe two months. All of a sudden, though, it's going to be a habit. You're going to look forward to it. It's going to be something that you're going to really enjoy. You know, I mean, Nico and Joe could probably tell you even better because it's been, you know, 50 years almost since I started training. So, uh, you know, they, they'd know. Yeah, absolutely. Getting started is the hardest part. Yeah, isn't that the truth for pretty much anything, you know, getting it started. But um, yeah, no this 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 talk is not meant to be an exhaustive expose of everything that needs to be done from a technique standpoint because it's just too much. But I'm here to say, and I'll go on record, and I've always gone on record, is that I don't look for shortcuts. I want everyone to have that have that working knowledge and that ability to to do the fundamentals, to know, and to get bit by the bug, so to speak, that makes you want to to learn more not less. Okay. I'm not a fan of crash courses. Normally I will give them because it can not be the be all end all, but it can, it can give you some functional knowledge, but it, it it's, it's designed to make you hunger for greater knowledge. Okay. It's, it's the, it's the open door. It's opening of the door to greater knowledge. And that's what I want in, in students. I want people to want to know more, 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 more that, that man, that's the, that's the thing, man, getting the proper knowledge. Well, before we close things off, why don't we do switch gears here and try and end on a positive note? Like it was the holiday. So like Nico, what, do you have any like favorite Christmas memories? Oh, yeah. I just remember going to um, going to my grandma's house and the whole family would meet there and uh just have good times together. Have a lot of good Italian food as well as like some traditional food like turkey and stuffing and stuff. But the main thing was, you know, getting the family together and just uh, spending that time together. That was, those are some of the most important memories to me. How about you, Tony? No. Christmas has always been a very painful experience for me. One that I, rather not talk about all right that's yeah and that's true for some people unfortunately the holidays can be rough you know um 
for me, I was very fortunate. My family definitely prioritized the holidays. My dad, maybe not as bad as, as your situation, Tony, but I mean, you know, he was kind of sent away a lot as a kid. And so when he was a parent, he decided to switch all that. And he really focused on being like family focused. And I was very blessed um, that, you know, whatever troubles were going on in the family, they kind of, you know, put stuff on hold and made sure that, you know, holidays were like done well for them and it paid off, you know, I still have those memories, you know, so that's, you know, I, you know, like I said, obviously it's not true for everybody, but I was definitely lucky and, and still think about that and, and very thankful. And hopefully I've been able to do that a little bit for my kids too. So um, yeah, and this year was good. You know, I had good. I had the kids over, at least two of them, you know, Casey's still in Thailand, but I was able to, and I think everybody enjoyed hanging out and swapping gifts. So yeah, it was a good holiday for me. Glad. I'm very glad. And now that New Year's is coming, a lot of people will do their New Year's resolutions. And I just hope that people follow through with their resolution, you know, that they don't just get burned out of it by, you know, February or March. We're going into different, you know, we're in different territory now in the world so you know everybody's resolution should you know my hope for them is that they follow through and they get the results that they want from their new year's resolution that's the big thing that i wish for oh that's good do we want to wrap things up i guess we should i mean it was uh you know downbeat kind of uh, a session but let's make next week um peppy you know let's get it uh, cooking with gas and uh i want to thank you guys again we made it through what is it this is our 22nd episode or something so not quite six months but close enough right um and i i'm just really grateful to have you guys <clears throat> i think that's the biggest thing is 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 reflecting on thankfulness or the great the good things that happen and knowing you two guys and everybody else that's been involved our, our guests that we had, you know, um, Shoney and your brother and uh, um, Jason Bender and, you know, just, and we're going to have more coming up in 2021. And, you know, it's just, uh, there's a lot to be thankful for really. Absolutely. And, and, and to be proud of, I mean, we're sh spreading knowledge and archiving our information and thoughts and, Definitely documenting my hair, most importantly. So I think that uh, for future yeah. generations. You're like the, a male. I mean, yeah, your hair, you're like Rapunzel in a way. I mean, that's where it's going with this. Um, you know, I got a, I got a letter, uh, an, an email from the, uh, you know, the Woody Allen uh, lookalike fan club. And they want you uh, to model. Uh, you know, maybe, I don't know if they want to use your image uh in their new ad campaign but i mean it's something for you to think about i could forward you the emails if you'd like joe well definitely i mean there's definitely a fee involved and things like that and you'd get a finder's fee of course but we'll we'll we'll, we'll work out this offline for sure i think there's a lot of potential yeah i think so too what do you think nico yeah i, mean, I think joe is the um the, the new fabio of catch wrestling <laughs> yeah yeah he really <laughs> Well, we got to wait and see because Brian Denise kind of sort of threw down a, a little challenge, I think. Um, you know, so we're, we're going to have to wait until we can get Brian on the show, hopefully soon. And we, we're going to we're going to we'll take a poll. We'll take a 
we'll take a poll to see who who's you know i'm sorry to get you nervous now joe but you know here we go get prepared because anything can happen it's all about preparedness joe all right this is exciting we'll end on the cliffhanger yes yes exciting all right guys. All, all right guys well then i'll touch base with all of you see everybody here next week all right later 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 Thank you.